Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. One day in the pub, Seb and Verity were socializing with My name is Seb Philpot. And my name is Verity Simmons. And this is Three Three in a Bar. And we've both got colds. Yeah. (laughs) Gruff. So sorry. Gruff. Yeah. So for you, it's working, Seb. It's a good voice. But for me, it's not. I just sound a bit nasal. In a world. There. That's great. Mm. (laughs) Just, Just keep it. Three in a bar. Oh, my God. Redo, redo the title sequence. This is great. We should do some jingles. Yes. Use this time. Utilise this voice. Introducing Verity Simmons and Seb Philpott. It's done. Record it. (laughs) I just did. That's great. Good. Three in a bar. Flippin' hell. Keep it, That's quite good, isn't it? Keep this low-level cold. It's excellent. I like it. I yeah. heard what they do. They he had a bit of like nose sound at the end of nose. the words. Mm. Three in a bar. That's great. <laughs> You've got this down. Yes. <laughs> Woo-hoo. That's cool. I sound like the first version of Lucy Robinson on Neighbours. Do you remember that? Remember Lucy Robinson? No. Oh, I knew it. I knew you wouldn't. It's from the eighties. I 80s, don't remember Lucy it? Robinson. Uh Paul Robinson's sister, Jim Robinson's daughter, Helen Daniels' granddaughter. What what was up with her voice? Very nasal. Adenoid problems, Uh, I'd say. Yeah. Anyway. I remember Madge Bishop. (laughs) Oh, Madge. She she had a great voice. Harold! 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 Oh, I shouldn't have done that. (laughs) Well, thank God you're not in the same room as us, listener. Yeah. uh, because it's not great. My, my baby's had her first cold. I got, oh. We've got the same one. And oh. yeah, it was it was horrible yesterday. It's she awful, she isn't woke it? up at three in the morning. <laughs> and I, she just sat there with her temperature and she just, oh. I just held her and she stared off at the wall. Oh, poor was, old uh, thing. I know. It was so horrible. I, I, I've had the same cold. I haven't been going on about it as much as she has. But, <laughs> you know, it's all right. I bet um, you've given her a good run for her money, though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I just want to cut up on the sofa and watch Friends. 
Fair enough. Anyway, should we yeah. get on to the show? Oh, yeah, let's do the exciting thing about telling everyone who we chatted to this week. This week, we chatted to two people. <gasps> there were two four of us one. in the room. Yes. Yeah. And those people are Hannah Quinn and Ollie Hayhurst. Oh, they are. They are like uh, a music power couple, aren't they? Yeah. These two? They are. Yeah. We originally were just going to chat to Hannah. Mm-hmm. And then she said, hey, my partner is an amazing jazz bassist. Yes. So let's get him involved too. So like, yeah, brilliant. Great, great. Should we say what Hannah does as well? Yeah. Hannah is a conductor. She is a repetitor. She was former head of music staff at ETO. Um, and she's an incredible pianist. And we talked to her about all those things. Honestly, how we string this together, where we managed to feed in all the things about her conducting, about the jazz bass. I mean, you know, smooth segues, do you reckon? Did we manage to segue smoothly? I think so. So Ollie, yeah. Ollie Hayhurst is a jazz bassist. Mm-hmm. I've got his biography here on oh, the website. Oh, good. Go on. Went to the Royal Academy of Music. He plays jazz, classical and world music. Um, what else? Well, they both grew up in Cambridge, didn't they? They did. That's where they met, isn't it? They were childhood friends right i i think so although <laughs> you're hearing this interview acquaintances. <laughs> yes I, I love the bit where she talks about uh them being in youth orchestra and saying that there was a cool uh cool percussionist but oh no cool bassist obviously not percussionist and he said oh no i was playing a different instrument then oh yeah <laughs> awkward <laughs> he's done lots of cool stuff hasn't yeah. he yeah played with ray gelato yeah Ferris sanders That's jackie right. dankworth Lots of cool stuff. He's our first jazz musician, isn't he? <gasps> is he really? I think so. Oh, I'm racking back through. I think he is. Like straight up jazzer. It was a really fun discussion about the many huge differences between classical and jazz. Yeah. The, the different approaches. They've had very different careers, different, mm. very different. I don't think there's any crossover. Maybe this was the first time that they discussed some of this stuff yeah it was really interesting wasn't it i found lots of the when he was talking about his approach to recording things so interesting and refreshing and hopefully useful we talk about things such as conducting ahead of the beat which we've we discussed with the unthanks didn't we we did yeah and uh so we follow up on that um it's good to get a conductor's perspective on that one yeah absolutely and later on we talk about dance music mm-hmm. in all its forms so many forms and <laughs> and an amazing thing that that hannah does which is accompany ballet classes improvising songs for a whole well i guess a couple of hours or so yeah what a skill improvising classical music yeah or, or whatever she fancies playing yeah a fantastic skill it really is it really is i wouldn't even be able to do it for a minute i don't think no on the piano or the cello either so for this episode we actually got in the car and went on a road trip up to their house in Leighton Buzzard didn't we yes that's right and we we kind of tried to learn all about Leighton Buzzard on the way and and some of the the things it's known for can you remember no has it got something to do with (laughs) the Olympics I'm oh god no no I don't know if that has actually (laughs) I thought isn't there someone famous from yeah there is now I can't remember who which is terrible I'm scanning through my notes Hannah and Ollie yeah they're the most famous from there but thank god we had them there to tell us all about (laughs) yeah some of the local delights yeah they also fed us pizza in a fantastic pizza oven that they got I believe from Lidl or Aldi (laughs) so (laughs) link in the description 
actually there isn't. I, there is no need. That's the magic of Lidl and Aldi. You've just got to be in the right place at the right yeah. time. Oh, we had such a nice time with them. I really enjoyed being out and about and, yeah, visiting somewhere new. Yeah, it was lovely. Uh, let's get into the chat, shall we? Yeah. This is uh, Hannah and Ollie. What's peak fun to be had in Leighton Buzzard? Tiki bar. What? There's tiki a tiki bar. bar. There is a tiki <laughs> bar. Yeah. Wait, what's a tiki bar? Um, like kind of Hawaiian, um, lots of bamboo yeah. and, and rum. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, but yeah, a bit yeah. rockabilly as well. It's yeah. kind of you know, it's an amazing woman immense. called Billy who runs it, and yeah, she's got this whole vision for because this tiki is like a thing apparently that people travel all around the country to visit tiki bars. I've got one, heard, it, and there's one yeah. on the high street. It used to be a record shop and sort of cafe and then it suddenly, suddenly we saw it one night and like, what is going on in there? And went in and there's like this other world. (laughs) Very much regretted that, I can tell you. Are you down there all the time now? (laughs) Not really, no. Oh, (laughs) But they have started doing jazz, or they did start doing some jazz, Yeah, a few things, yeah. Oh, really? There's a lot of jazz musicians that live here. Oh, really? Mm. Yeah. One of them who's just moved actually was very enterprising and set up all sorts of local gigs. Yeah. And that one hopefully might start again. I'm not sure. Yeah. Mm. Robert oh. Jazz. That's I didn't a know that winning combo. That. I didn't yeah. know I needed it, but... Is there I a do. Hawaiian strand of jazz? It's a good question. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. I can imagine that can work quite nicely. Yeah. Someone must have done it. I don't know. <laughs> Oh, nice. Nice. But there's another good pub as well, the Black Lion. Sort of once a year they do a bonkers festival and it is fantastic. I guess they haven't done anything recently. But but like once they, the first time I went to it, they filled the whole back garden with sand and painted the back of the pub to look like a lighthouse. And so it was letting buzz around the sea. They commit. Yeah, Yeah, they really do. That is great. And then the plan the next year was to get farm animals and turf the whole thing. (laughs) It was going to be on the farm. (laughs) They did the turf. They didn't, they just had cardboard cutouts of farm animals. <laughs> but the night that we went, it poured all day. Oh, yeah. It was just solid mud. It was like being, there were umbrellas like, in the field. Like. Animals <laughs> smushed to yeah, the ground. Just, <laughs> it was disgusting. Oh, it's like peak British summer. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, the first time I met you, talking of the sea, well, as you were, loosely, was in pool. When I met you yeah. on the ETO tour. Indeed. Yeah, yes, that's right. How many years were you with them? I, I did two um, seasons, so two spring tours, which yeah. is actually spring and summer. It's about six months, the whole thing. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that was 2018, 2019. Right. Yeah. And you were, no, I'm going to get the job title correct because like, I wanted to ask you what it meant, actually. <laughs> Head of music staff. Indeed. So yeah. what does that entail? Well, a general musical dog's body, basically. <laughs> <laughs> no, so because it's a touring company and everybody has to, Sort of, they, well, they have to just be quite creative about how they put on three main stage operas and um, a couple of children's shows. And there's lots of the singers do multiple roles and cro- there's crossover um, between uh, the things they do, the main stage shows and the education work. The head of music staff is there to sort of help oversee whatever the um, singers need on tour, like just help with coaching during the day, assist all the conductors, and that varies. It depends whatever they need doing. Playing the orchestra, I MD'd the children's show. 
Yeah, that's so a massive just, job. Well, yeah, it does keep you busy. It does keep yeah. you really, really busy. But it was just brilliant. Like the experience on the tours was just was fantastic. I felt like, yeah, it got you get sort of a year's worth of experience in like five or six months. Yeah, or yeah, that's brilliant. Yeah, and every week you're in, or every like few days you're in a new city and new challenges. Yeah. Um, well, so especially when you're conducting, I guess when you're having to go into a different pit yeah yeah and there's very little time well that's yeah so that was another part of my job is to kind of quickly assess what the acoustics were like and to just give feedback to everybody like you know can't hear this can't hear that like you need to adjust this whatever and yeah. you have to do it in like half an hour or whatever because there are some quite um <laughs> how can i put it nicely tricky awkward tricky pits yeah <laughs> on the top, oh. like, which ones were the worst oh ones oh my goodness there was a new pit in um, where's the posh place in Cheshire? Oh, what, Buxton? No, 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 no. No, no, it's in, no um, it's not Cheshire. No, no, no. Chester. Chester. Chester, that's it. Yeah. Um, and, it's in, <laughs> and it's a new pit and it's just horrific. It's really, really oh, deep no. and really narrow. So you sort of feel like you're only about a metre away from the stage when you're conducting, but the orchestra feel like they're... In a in a on a level completely below you, it's really hard work. Oh, that's really hard. Yeah. Um, Did you conduct a show in Chester? No, thankfully. Oh. <laughs> well done. You dodged that for <laughs> yeah. Well, Mike, the lovely Mike Rosewell, has already knew these pits really well, and he'd sort of identified, no, you don't want to be conducting in there, and you don't want to conduct. And he, he just gave me nice places to conduct. Oh, that's good. Which is really good. Yeah. Yeah. Cambridge Arts Theatre. I did that one. That was very nice. Yeah. Just feels everyone. You know, everyone's just there. You know, you've got really good contact with everybody. And it's, yeah, cosy theatre. But as con- cover conductor, like, mm. or assistant, rather, yeah. assistant that you don't get a whole lot of time to rehearse the orchestra, do no. you? No. So when you go into that first, because it's, what is it, like a sound check, essentially? Um, yeah. I mean, what's... It's not a rehearsal. It's, no. Yeah, it's a sound check, yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. That's a massive yeah. thing to have to deal with. So yeah. what do you do? What are the main things that you want to cover when you... you just close your eyes and hope for the best. Like, just... <laughs> No, I mean, like, so, well, it depends what the piece is. So, like, Mozart, one of the pieces I conducted was Major Figaro. And so you just want to touch base with all the tricky corners where you need contact with people. So that's all the accompanied recit, really. And then, yeah, so things that just need, in pieces, there's, there's areas that need more more work from the conductor than others. You know, it's not, some of it just essentially plays itself and you just have a nice time and other things you actually need to do something so you just sort of touch those base with those and then you also just make sure the principals are happy so that they feel like they've had a chance to sing in the room and they are comfortable in the space and they just you know they feel like they've got good feedback from the area and they're just happy you know so you just you just do that but you just don't get a chance to do a lot really it's just a chance just to for everyone just to come together and just you know, meet musically and that's it. And uh, then, yeah, getting the orchestra on side, I guess. Is yeah. Like, I yeah. mean, everyone knew you already, didn't they? Because well, yeah. you'd been playing. Playing and Playing <laughs> God. Every night. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, but it is, yeah, it is, you just kind of have to be really prepared and, yeah, just go with, go with it on the night. Yeah, there's, there's nothing you can do. You can't rehearse that. You've just got to, been by you know preparing by yourself yeah um and 
imagining every possible situation and knowing that you could do it without any music, you know, that you know it well enough that you don't need to yeah. be dealing with turning pages or anything like that. You can just conduct the music and be with the music. Yeah. Does that take ages, though? Like? Oh, hours and hours and hours and hours and hours and hours. Yeah. Like, just hours. <laughs> Because if, yeah. if I was learning an opera or for trumpet, I'd just yeah. look at the bits where the trumpet plays, mm. skip, yeah. skip through it, play along yeah, yeah, the record yeah, yeah. or something. But yeah. you, you probably, you've got to know it all. Yeah. You've got to know the pace of it all. And I guess, you, yeah. do you listen to different recordings for yeah, influences? for and, sure, yeah. yeah. But I, I guess, you know, ideally, I mean, it's not always ideal. You don't always have the optimum amount of time to prepare a score. But ideally, I would, first of all, if I don't, if I don't know the music at all then I'd probably start off by listening to it but I'd do the first thing I'd do is take the score to the piano and just sort of play through it and kind of make sure I know all the notes that everyone has got to sing or play so that you know you can hear things that aren't right straight away and yeah. that that kind of takes time and then it's it's a question of sort of absorbing the music into yourself which is a mixture of memorizing things and Knowing the long line, so actually knowing that the music you're conducting you know, rather than just the entries yeah. and stuff, but actually knowing how, the flow of the piece, yeah. you know, that and that takes the longest time, I think, to to conduct, to sort of get to know. Um, but you always translate all the words as well, don't you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're writing yeah. and everything with a yeah. dictionary. And that's, so yeah. that's another, how many hours is that? Yeah. 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 Yes. So... Yeah, so we yeah do that first, especially with yeah. singers. You know, that's the the most helpful thing for them, especially if I'm coaching them or repping them for them. You know, the the text is the most useful thing the singers have. Yeah. So you've got to be really clear about all of that, and so you, you do know. it yourself rather than just find it online. Um. Well. Oh. <laughs> 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 the internet. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh, I thought I was going to give you a good tip there. Yeah. Yeah. Try this. Uh... Put down your trickle orb. Yeah. I've got this thing for you. Yeah. <laughs> well, there is a, like a, a huge tome of opera translations by Nico Castel, right. which is yeah, which is kind of like a first port, port of call. Um, but then I've just been I've been doing some scenes at the college at RCM, and we've had a couple of scenes that there aren't any good translations for. So. What was um, that? Is that very contemporary opera? Then? No, actually, um, just the one. The one I'm thinking of is um, is a, is Cendrillon by Pauline Viardot, who, mm. and it just hasn't been performed much at all. So it's 120 years old or something. Mm. Um, but it's yeah, she wrote it for her. She was an incredible musician, singer, pianist. She wanted to be a concert pianist, but. Um, her family had other ideas for yeah. her, but she's also a really prolific composer, um, and she wrote five operas, none of which have been performed much. But Sondrion is sort of coming back into particularly like college productions. Oh wow! Yeah, and people are sort of like looking at this music for the first mm. time, and like the score we've got is full of mistakes, literally just because it's it hasn't been subject to the sort of scrutiny of publishers and all of that. But yeah, there's just no translation anywhere, oh. really. So, so that's, that's been putting my GCSE French to so quite a considerable test. You come up with some really oh, yeah. peculiar yeah. sentences. That can't be right. <laughs> oh, honestly. She did what? Honestly. <laughs> and it's all old language as well, you know. So they just call people, 
you know, like eggs and like weird stuff. Oh, yeah. Like just, you know, bizarre. Shakespeare. Sh- actually, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just bizarre things. It's like, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, anyway. But, it just yeah. must like completely absorb your life. Like the, I guess the two operas, because it was always two in rep, wasn't it? Well, plus well, the it children. Yeah. Yeah. But well, there was one year, there was three, three main stage operas. So yeah. at any point, I... I mean, the rehearsal period for ETO, I remember that job. I could have been coach, so playing in a rehearsal, coaching singers or covering the conductor for any part of any of these three main stage operas at any point. I was never really quite sure. I'd, I'd feel certainly like I had to be prepared to do any of those things at any any moment. Plus, as you say, the children's opera. Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot. That's it's immense. Yeah. So were you both touring at that same point? Were you away quite a lot of that time as well? I can't remember. I'm not... <laughs> 2018. I don't, I, don't, I don't remember then. Think back. <laughs> did, you, did you do some Calabro stuff during that time? Yeah, but we don't talk about that. No. Calabro! <laughs> <laughs> Hang no, on. I mean, Wait. I don't normally do tours that are long like that at oh, all. Right. But yeah. I have worked with these guys, Calabro, a few yeah. times. And... Are these the Britain's Got Talent? Yeah, they won Britain's Got Talent. Yeah. Is there a dog in it? No, it's not. It's not, it's, it's not a dog. A dog? Yeah. No, they were kind of pushed off by the dog. And oh, I kept really? hearing about the dog because oh. the dog had the same management company for a while. <laughs> Everyone was very, they hate the dog. Apparently the dog wasn't the real, the original dog died, but there were always two dogs because oh. you can't be a professional was it dog. Was Pud- the dog? I don't know. No, no. I don't know. That's they a bear. Talk isn't don't it? talk about the dog. <laughs> yeah, don't But, but the, the second dog took over and they're like, well, you know, it's not even the real dog. You Did know, Calabro get to the first same. dog? Possibly, yeah. yeah. I don't know. He's been our management company not for long. <laughs> what but were you doing with them then? Just playing bass with them. Yeah, yeah. Oh. So I've done that. They've done four tours with them, and they did the last one was they did fifty dates back to back, five shows a week on a tour bus, um, ending at the Albert Hall. I only did half of it. But that's, I mean, I normally do things that are away for, you know, 10 days at the most. Yeah. And this was mm. three weeks on a tour bus and then a couple of weeks off because I was doing other stuff and swapping yeah. with somebody and then then another two weeks. And that's the most I've ever done of one thing. Yeah. So mm. Hannah gets these chunks of work that are six months doing this one thing. Yeah. Mm. And I'm like, you know, something for two nights, yeah. something else for what? well, I mean, at the moment, yeah. something for one night and then nothing else for a month. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But in normal times, I, you know, it's just a totally different way of working, really. That must have been really hard, yeah. fitting those schedules together. I was just trying to think yeah. about, like, you being away in different... <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I don't yeah. know. I can't really remember. I think that we, we like, managed to see each other, like, once every week, two weeks? Yeah, yeah. I guess so. Do you know oh, I think? Yeah. yeah, I don't <laughs> Is know. Is that the two-week rule? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, even when I was away for three weeks, I think I had... A day off and another gig in London, yeah. so we met for lunch yeah. or something yeah. that day. And, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, That's good. Yeah, yeah it's always sort of worked good. out somehow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's quite good as both being busy and yeah. sort of there's no pressure of, you know, oh, you're going to be away for ages. And I'm going to be yeah, it, well, that's it. Yeah, yeah. yeah both, away, both away and busy. It's yeah, good. good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The past life I know. that we all had, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. uh, yeah. Same with my wife. It's just like we were ships in the night. Yeah. We'd just yeah. sleep in the same bed, but we wouldn't see each other. It was just, mm. just crazy. Yeah. Sure. And yeah. with kids yeah. as well, it really is because you just swap, yeah. don't he you? He just passed them over, don't Yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, it's really bizarre. Hannah, I was wondering about when you started off at ETO because. Yeah. I, I might have this wrong, but I mm. felt going in, 
as an outsider really that it was quite a, it's quite a male environment certainly within the staff yeah. maybe and the, the but I was just I'm, I mean I don't think that is that's particular to ETO no anyway like I think certainly opera music staff um yeah i I just i don't think it's particularly no i mean it's not it's a sort of yeah unfortunately conducting and the world of conducting and like music stuff like you look at all the sort of music teams in opera houses around the country and I mean, I can think of a couple of women, you yeah. know. I mean, and now that is changing very much so. They've just appointed another woman on the um, opera music staff at the Opera House um, in the last year or two. And, yeah, it is changing, but it is, yeah, yeah it's just, I mean, it's traditionally like that. And I think there's been much more awareness about trying to readdress that balance in the industry in the last couple of years. And I think, and I probably got into ETO on the back of that of, of ETO trying to change that and readdress that yeah because um, and also I you know I'm not the sort of person who I'm an absolutely rubbish self-publicist and I would have never written to anybody anyway to to ask for work and it was if it hadn't been for another colleague saying oh it's, you know you know James is really actively trying to do something about this you should send to your CV then I'd, I would never have written to him so yeah um so, you know, it's a really good thing that there's, you know, all sorts of initiatives out there now trying to raise the profile of female conductors. Yes, that's really good. Because whilst on one hand, it's just, it makes me cringe, I have to say slightly, you know, you just want to be recognised as a conductor, you yeah. can do the job, you know, but it is something that needs to, active energy needs to be put into readdressing that. And um, I think, and, you know, and it's starting to pay off now and hopefully... Within the next five or ten years, we won't be talking about female no, conductors at all. Mm. It'll just be, mm. you know, well, that's it. good, yeah. good people who can do the job. Yeah. Do you think um, it's necessary for prominent female conductors to just shine a light on it and yeah. say, look, look there, there is a bit of a disparity yeah. here? And one just to stand up against yeah, or, or speak out against mm. certain things that happen, you know. I mean, I can think of an article that was published not that long ago where um, there was certain incredibly controversial about the views it raised about genders and which gender can conduct and which gender can't conduct you know and and just for people to not allow that kind of thing to happen and um but it wasn't allowed was it the guy that was interviewed and it it got in terrible trouble about it was that in this country yeah someone here is it someone no no yeah it rings a bell yeah 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 um, so you didn't feel so actually it was a, su- a supportive environment I was, just but it I, wasn't something you felt like you were coming up against uh no sort of no 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 and and I was very fortunate that the people I was assisting were just brilliant people like Michael Rosewell yeah um who actually now has got me into the Royal College I've been working for the Royal College vocal department oh, conducting fat. their opera scenes just in the last couple of weeks and um yeah, and Jerry, and just brilliant people to work with and assist. You know, gender's not an issue, but yeah, but they, you know, they had they hadn't had many female conductors up until that point. I don't think. And now Holly Matheson, she did a she did a tour with them last year, which is brilliant. Great. She's, she's a fantastic musician and wonderful conductor. Um, yeah, so 
it's it's wonderful to see that that dynamic is changing in the ETO and everywhere, I think, hopefully. Yeah. Just got to keep going with it and make sure that dynamic is, you know, op- opportunities are uh, available for younger women to, to step into the role. Because I certainly, I didn't even dream of being a conductor when I was younger. Like, it just no, wasn't even a possibility. What? It just didn't... I just didn't occur to me in the slightest. Was that because you didn't see any female conductors, or was well, I, it just was never a, there was never a possibility. You know, mm. there was never mm. a possibility of it being a thing. You know, yeah. Um, At what point no. did that change? Then, sorry, Sarah. Oh, I just i I was really I was looking. I was at a point in my life where actually i I hadn't I was actually transitioning to being a professional musician like before that I'd done a degree as an engineer and I'd lived in China teaching music and I knew I wanted to be a professional musician um and I was looking for um sort of development professional development opportunities and actually it was when I was in China that I started doing a lot more conducting I had loads of choirs and was um speaking terrible Chinese (laughs) trying to get through these rehearsals in China and I was looking for professional develop. I knew I needed to learn something. I just didn't know what. And it was then when I came back to this country and met my um, met a teacher who I now consider my master. And mm. you know, in terms of everything I do now, sort of stems from what I learned from him. And yeah, and that was kind of like the light bulb moment of yeah. meeting him. And yeah, who was that? It's George Hurst, right? Who is a conductor. Um, who, um, yeah, you did lots with the, what was the Royal Northern Sinfonietta and lots of proms. Oh, he was prolific in the sort of 60s and 70s, but he actually decided that teaching was the thing that he wanted to do, wanted to focus on. Um, and he was just the most amazing music teacher I've ever had in my life. You know, he can make the most, that's a good way of putting it, the most amateur of orchestras, you know, but just sound unbelievably incredible. Like, just, um, he was the most musical person I think I've ever met. And he'd really studied technique. His teacher was Leon Barzan, who had analysed Toscanini's technique. Right. And and we all came from Toscanini using his cello bow as a as a stick. And, yeah. Mm. Um yeah. And so he so combined with like this great technique, like stick technique, and just incredible musicality he was just incredible absolutely yeah. brilliant so yeah so studied with him for sort of four or five years brilliant and yeah changed the whole course of yeah everything. absolutely mm. oh yeah, yeah, yeah. wonderful yeah, yeah. So what was it that that he could get out of an amateur orchestra what? you know when music just makes you it makes like the hairs on the back of your neck stand up or just yeah. just makes it makes the music feel like it's an an alive thing it just bring, makes it seeing it brings it into colour into vivid focus and just makes you just moves you deeply you know and I don't think you always get that experience that sort of out of body experience where you're just like so blown away you could just do that with the simplest music simplest little bit of melody you know Um, just immense you know yeah and that to have that experience from somebody for somebody to make you stand on a podium and do that you know like is just transformative really. yeah like just amazing I remember doing the first I mean to conduct the first few bars of Beethoven's pastoral symphony for him 
you know, in two four, like probably about 15 times to be like, no, 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 do it again. Bring your mind to it. Bring your mind to it. You know, and he'd just like be getting crosser and crosser in his chair. <laughs> and in the old days, apparently, they used to throw things at people, you know, if they weren't getting it right, you know. And, you know, you, I mean, there's something to be said for that old school way. <laughs> it's so old school. It's like, you know. But you could feel it when it was right. But, but then yeah. I used to say, and then you sort of start grumbling when you got it right. Then that's right. Go away. Yeah. Because you get that question. What, what does the conductor yeah. actually well, do? Well, yeah, that is an excellent yeah. question, isn't it? That was you, my next you, question. Yeah. Well, no. I mean, you you, you start them but off. Often you do wonder. I especially yeah. wonder because I can't. You know, say, oh, they keep everyone in time. Really? Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, from the point of view of a jazz musician. Yeah, it's like, for, I mean, yeah. It's a- I, we've had conversations about conductors so many times and I, I just don't know. <laughs> I, I still don't know. Because the last thing I did with the conductor was with um, Steve Hackett's band, so so it's a proper yeah. rock thing. And there's a bloody loud drummer with really good time. I can follow him, I can play in time with him, but I can see the conductor, and the conductor wasn't in time with him. Oh. And it's like, well, how are we possibly beginning in time with him if we're looking yeah. at him? Yeah. <laughs> Which, Head down. I mean, it never worked it out, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, we were talking to people recently about about that and and how like conducting ahead of the beat mm. and all that kind of stuff. Oh and gosh, I wonder what that's but like that's, from your perspective. Well, like. that's that is like a cultural thing, you know. Right, yeah. And um, I mean, in my like that's my nightmare because I was taught to that you have to have connection with the sound, which means that you that the players play on your beat, you know, like yeah. Which makes sense to me. That, me too. But I've and never I, felt like that no. with a conductor. But on, the, on the actual down... Because yeah, like every beat with, sort of has an up bit as well. Yeah, and yeah, that becomes... But it's like that but this, boing bit, yeah. isn't it? Boing. It's like, but, but it's but a lot that, of, like the down. Yeah, because sometimes it's up there. Yeah, but, think, okay, but you but see a lot of people there. doing this. You know, they're sort of like... They do oh, end yeah. up with a beat at the top. And it's not... This technique is not about that. It's preparing everything so everyone knows where that... You know, where the impulse is. You know, and so you've got enough preparation in, in between the beats so that everyone knows where what's what and where, where it all yeah. is. But that is, a, yeah, that's a question of style. But we watched a little video of George the other day, didn't we, mm. with an amateur orchestra, and you could see that it was it was at the bottom. Yeah, yeah. It yeah. was really clear where the beat yeah. was. I've never felt that. Mm. And that's brilliant. I could, yeah, totally. I reckon I could, yeah. Yeah. I reckon I could do that. Yeah. Yes, exactly. But I would think as well, in, in opera and yeah. ballet, actually, that you'd need to... Especially in something like a recitative. I know. You need to know exactly where you want yeah. to put something, where you're in a one well, note this is all why, together. Well, this is why it's, it sounds... I mean, I'd, I'd just die, I think, if I ended up in front of one of these orchestras in these houses that do play behind the beat, because a lot of them do. Essentially because I can't, dare I say, follow the conductor, you know. <laughs> yeah. But And that's what happens, is they play... Because their priority is to play together, is to play as an mm. ensemble. So they have to make sure they're playing together rather than following something vague. Mm. Um, but it's got to feel so stodgy all the time well, and also and I've had many singers say this to me it's so confusing f- for the singers on the stage you know they can see one thing and hear another mm. thing and they're like and especially there's a chorus involved on the stage like yeah. they're just like man it's so confusing I can't yeah. I don't know what's going but on if you're at the back of the stage there's probably quite a bit of a sound delay as yeah. well so yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah so it is it is an issue and I so I I think if I was in that situation, I'd just have to say, ladies and gentlemen, could you please play? 
the yeah. point of the Great. stick, you know, because yeah. I just, I, I don't know how how to do it otherwise, you know. I, I think yeah. it's like a sort of collective hesitancy, isn't it? You don't want to, be, mm. don't want to play in no. front of everyone else. Yeah. No. So if it's a big orchestra hit or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. You know, so I wonder if that's not to do with a leader having a really strong leader. That yeah. can really help, though, can't leader. it? And yeah. Off, often, yeah. though, you might end up looking more at the leader. Um, yeah. Like if, yeah. if the conductor, if because because yeah. if you play with the leader, then then you should be fine. Yeah, yeah. If they're yeah. really working together, then that should be okay. Yeah, it? yeah, the, yeah, yeah. So I guess it's like a three tier thing. Yeah, so I guess yeah. it's the everyone respecting the leader and then the yeah. leader respecting the conductor. Mm. Yeah. And if, yeah. if there's any sort of bit of respect that's not there, then, yeah. 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 then it's just great. Like, yeah. People could be just playing late out of spite, like the whole orchestra. <laughs> well, yeah. That can yeah. happen, though. Yeah. 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 You get relationships yeah. completely break down. Oh, oh yeah. People oh, have worked together too long. Oh. Yeah. 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 I mean, I've seen, I've seen orchestras just completely ignoring the conductor. Just like, chuck the conductor under the bus. They have to. So do you like working within bands and sort of establishing as a, a set group? Or oh, it's an amazing thing, yeah, yeah. To, do, to, do, to work with one lot of people. And, yes. and there's certain musicians that I've played in various different bands with. You know, there's a drummer that I play, I've played with, you know, four or five different bands with him over 10, 15 years. And, yeah. and you, so you can, you've got something so strong between a couple of you that you can take it anywhere and play with anybody and, and it'll all be all right, you know, and... Yeah, that's that's great fun. It just gets easier and easier and more fun actually because you know, oh, all right, he's having a bit of a bad night. Oh, okay, <laughs> yes. you can just and and just you know look after each other and yeah, it's really good. I really Do you find that, that you kind of can often get booked as a as a unit actually, yeah, like a, yeah, as a rhythm happened. section? Is yeah, that, that has happened. Yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a great thing. It's really yeah. nice because you know it's going to be fine. You know, you can mm. go and do pretty much anything. Mm. And you and Gene right. do a lot. Yeah, yeah, Gene Calderazzo played in a lot of things. Whereas if you always work with different people, you know, there's so many more, you know, just in, like, between a drummer and a bass player, where, how you feel the beat, you know, what, yeah. you know, oh, this guy sort of likes to push at this tempo, he likes to drag at that tempo, or does, whether he likes to or not. Yeah. And, you know, if you're still searching that out, finding where things work, whereas you can really start to have fun, you know, if, if you're, so we did a, a big band project um, a few years ago with it, so it was Julian Siegel's quartet plus... 20 other guys or something. But the heart of it was this quartet and it was actually a lot of music that we played as a quartet, but expanded. So with longer charts and, yeah. you know, extra, extra writing, but essentially it was men of just feel like the quartet. And we had all this freedom that we would normally have, but um, put in that bigger context is something I'd never felt before because you play with a big band and it starts to feel like you're talking about orchestras, like you're dragging people along, yeah. you know, the time's a bit... Mm funny everyone was great in that so the time was always mm. great it was never an issue yes. but you could really play around and really mm. you know really have fun with it and oh amazing yeah that was there's a record of that coming out very soon yeah. oh that's really yeah. um, oh, nice. brilliant yeah oh. should be fun what's the name of that project it's julian siegel jazz orchestra right. and it's called it was a commission that he got uh, called tales from the jacquard all to do with the um, the silk trade in Nottingham, right? It was a like, Midlands arts oh, I see, commission yeah. thing, yeah. and yeah. he grew up in there. His dad actually ran a, a silk factory, so right. The jacquard is the um, it's like the pattern, isn't it? That goes yeah, it's like it's like machines. an early computer. You'd have these yeah. punch cards, and it would tell the the lace machine the oh, how which to. Yeah. Ah. yeah, yeah. So he sort of 
derived music from these things in some sort of way. I don't That's know. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Are you guys doing anything again soon, like more like live? Um, I, I think that there's meant to be a launch gig for that album in um, when is it? June or something? Oh, I may to be confirmed, but in Leicester or somewhere, I think. Cool. Yes. Yeah. Sure. But yeah, yeah, hopefully. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it would be great to do it again. They've got a good theatre in Leicester. I remember that theatre. The, nice. the, the Curve. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's good. I've not been there. I've heard lots of oh, really I really just remember like it Leicester. really yeah. enjoying it. Yeah. Yeah. Been quite surprised. It's the one which has got the nice library bit upstairs. Mm. Can't remember the library. I just remember one of these theatres going and having to do wine revision. Oh, nice. Yeah, a couple That's of hours. Right. Yeah, <laughs> I think that was Leicester. Maybe wine before. revision doesn't involve drinking, though, does it? In this instance, sadly not. This was just trying to memorise what whole swathes of France look like <laughs> yeah. on the oh, nice. <laughs> and what they produce. Okay. Whether there's rocks in the soil there, <laughs> or limestone, or what it is. Yeah. Uh, with your bass playing do, do you enjoy your mix of like jazz playing or doing more commercial stuff I mean I, guess I really like it's good to have a bit I do both. enjoy the mix of it exactly yeah. exactly yeah yeah it's really great just just different things and, mm. and so constantly new challenges is it's a brilliant thing yeah. I kind of yeah. I think if I was to do one thing forever I'd get incredibly bored whatever it was you know yeah it's no it's really good and some I mean you know what playing with the bow I've done a lot of you know pretended to be a classical bass player quite yeah. a lot of times in the last few years starting with that well actually it was a tour with Alison Balsam but and that oh, yeah, did as you? well and oh. all that, yeah that actually that I, there was no classical bass playing in that oh. at all <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but you've had some classical music but then with Gamble. those people with those people <laughs> yes exactly, yeah, exactly there was some classical musicians <laughs> 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 sucking in <laughs> what was that tour then that one she did a tour, um, must have been like five years ago, six years ago or something. Yeah. I think she'd released this album called Paris. Oh, so yeah. she had, it was a mix of everything. It was amazing. She had a string quartet, this amazing organ player, um, yeah. Chad Kelly, mm-hmm. um, playing these ridiculous contemporary things, amazing mm. trumpet and organ duets. And then playing a few jazz things with, uh, she had a, yeah, actually Julian Siegel again was on it. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it was re- we sort of all played together with some Piazzolla at the end. Oh, cool. Yeah. 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 But yeah, it was really fun. That was a nice nice little yeah. talk. Yeah, nice. Mm. Yeah, yeah, we were chatting with Hannah about inspirations just now. But was there somebody in particular that you used to, that sort of made a big difference to your career and your career path? Oh, like a, a person? Yeah, in, and like know. an inspiration early on in you. What about Bert? That's it for me. Yeah, I mean, I guess I got into playing jazz from from school uh, yeah. actually at secondary school my mate Josh his dad is uh, well was a lawyer and and semi-pro sax player and he used to come in and run a jazz band and so oh, I don't know what jazz is but a mate of mine was going so I went along playing clarinet at mm. that point and then guitar and then bass guitar and then went to sixth form and there were three guitarists that were all better than me in my A-level music class. So, oh, I play bass. I play bass guitar. And, <laughs> and then and then actually my A-level maths teacher, Bert Skilperot, is an amazing jazz drummer oh. and tenor saxophone and trombone these days. But really, like, first swinging drummer that I'd ever got near. And, yeah, he was really inspirational. Did a lot of playing with him and groups that he was organising in school. That's so amazing somehow, at such an early I stage. Yeah, was just that yeah. unusual, just a normal state school? Or yeah, 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 totally Isn't normal state schools. Mm. Yeah, really lucky, yeah. just lucky. I mean, I went to that sixth form because of him, actually. Yeah. 
a lot of my friends were going to the other sixth form, which was a bit more academic. Mm. And I was like, well, no, I, I, went I, to. I want to. Oh, is it? <laughs> yes, oh. it was. Yeah. Oh, so did right. you know each other at the time? Not really. Very vaguely. You all I each didn't other. speak to him then. Oh really? Hans' <laughs> older brother is the same same year as me. Yeah. But he was at that one and so, was friends yeah. with a lot of friends of yeah. mine. So yeah. we, we knew each yeah. other then. And from holiday orchestras, there were these holiday yeah. orchestras oh, in Cambridge. It, being Cambridge yeah. and there's like so much music in Cambridge and like being a kid growing up, there's just loads of stuff going on. Yeah. So yeah, we were both at the same holiday orchestra. Oh. Although I've been at Sort of vaguely yeah. aware of this older, cooler bass player, and, but yeah, never I spoke was to definitely him. playing clarinet there. You were talking about someone else. Yeah. 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 Sorry, sorry. Was yeah. definitely somebody who it's was so older and cooler. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did you then go straight? You went. You were at the academy, weren't you? Is that right? Did yeah, I actually, I actually started doing a physics degree and oh. got a term into that. This guy, Bert, convinced me that, oh, you can be a jazz musician, but you don't have to go to college to do it. You, you can go and do a physics degree, you'll be fine. So I got a place in Oxford and I went to, get to do Oxford and do physics degree and got a term into it and had a lovely time apart from all the physics. And <laughs> it was great. It was a brilliantly cheap bar and yes. a lot of really fun people. I and mean, everyone talks about Oxford being very, very private school. And the college oh. I was at was full of Queens, is full of state school northerners and everybody was lovely, right. really normal, nice people. And it was it was great. We did sometimes go <clears> toff baiting you know, on, on uh, it was kind of a thing that you could do of turning up in another college bar and just just being incredibly Top rude to people. <laughs> I mean, if you did it at a certain time of night, they were drunk and confused enough they didn't know what the hell was happening. To them. <laughs> but yeah, and not so you that. began. Yeah. Down that yeah. <laughs> so I, yeah, I left there after a, a term and went right. That's it. I, I'm I'm out of here. I'm, I'm going to go to the academy and do the jazz course, and then. Uh. And then realised that I'd actually missed the auditions. But went home and, and got my parents to buy me a double bass and started practising wow. it. And got very lucky that that summer, the person who was going to the academy only takes like one band per year. The bass player dropped out and they were re-auditioning in the summer. And I got wind of this and re-auditioned in, in the summer and got the place sort of, you know, Amazing. a week after the audition. So it was, that, was, yeah. that really turned yeah. out well. I ended up exactly where I wanted to be. And yeah, so I did go to the oh, academy. That's in the wow. end. Mm, and that yeah. felt right then. You, you like, I'm yeah, in the right place. yeah, it was great. Yeah, yeah. Just around loads of people that were up for playing all the time. It was mm. really good. And, and just, it's sort of just carried on since then, you know, started mm. gigging as soon as I was in London because I knew a few people from Cambridge that, had, like, people that had been students in Cambridge that I'd played with there that were now yeah. living in London and they had gigs. So, right from the minute I got to London, I, was working, you know, at least one night a week or, you know. That's amazing. Something. Mm. Um, yeah, and yeah. then college stopped and just carried on and, and then mm. you find yourself here. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Some years later. Yeah. <laughs> I think with the classical world, um, we, we do risk kind of becoming just kind of carbon copies and mm. and everyone, and like almost anyone could be doing what you're doing. Yeah. Another trumpet player could, could be sat in this chair mm. playing this. yeah. And I think maybe in the jazz world, like you, you, you learn who you are and what you want to say. Mm-hmm. You can be a bit more individual. Try to be, but there's, but there's a lot of different ideas and a lot of, there are a lot of musicians around, and I'm not saying this is wrong, but it's not how I feel it, is that they want to, to recreate music that happened a long time ago. And that's yeah. the music they love and that's what they want to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
and to me, I, I don't know why you, why you do that. I mean, it just makes no sense to me at all. I can't do that, and mm. and mm. Um, haven't studied that stuff well enough to be able to do it. But it's because I don't want to do that. I don't want to sound. I want to try and sound like me somehow, mm. whatever that means. So it's not mm. actually taking the ego out of it, like you're saying. It's mm. very much think, putting the ego in it. Yeah, yeah. I but, think it's um, it's different. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But then again, mm. but you're talking about, you know, things written in the page. It's like, well, mm. you know, we're making those decisions on the fly, just mm. how, how we want to do it sometimes. Yeah. And yeah. and it might might be rubbish, it might be terrible, but striving to do it differently maybe, mm. just for the hell of doing it yeah. differently. Because mm. it's mm. going to be interesting and, and authentic as well. Yeah, yeah. That's mm. the thing, if you... Yeah. yeah, just a live thing that's... You're not trying to replicate something and it yeah. can feel a bit false, can't it? Or like put, a, put on, well, you it, know. If, yeah, whenever... It's always felt to me if you're recording and you do a take of something and, okay, you felt like you played good, but someone else messed something up, so you had to do it again. If you try and do what you did before, it's just, it's not going to feel good. Yeah. So you just, okay, forget about that. That's gone. Mm. I've got to do something new. Something to come at it from a totally different angle and, and then at least it'll be fresh. It might not be as good an idea as you had last time, but the last idea can't be authentic because it's not now, it was then. Yeah. And that. That's mm. so it's not right to try and recreate anything. Yeah, mm. get so tense wow. then as well. That's a really good. That's <laughs> really interesting. Yeah, I think about this. Like, I think well, jazz musicians have a, like, a totally different. Uh, it's approach completely to, different. To, to, yeah, to classical. Yeah, um, and like yeah. even things like um, keeping in pra- practicing over, over like the lockdown and stuff. Mm. Like you're saying, you've, you've practiced so much every day. Yeah, and I, I said that at the start of the lockdown. I, I reckon like the jazz musicians are going to be just on it because it's like you're always working on on finding your art like finding your thing um and i think maybe with us classical we're a bit more like jobbing musicians and if we haven't got to work towards something then we're just yeah. like I'm just yeah bothered. yeah um yeah so i'm so i'm so envious of that like that that yeah. you've got it in you you, you really want to this desire to just, just play music and get yeah. as yeah. good as possible yeah, totally. i mean before the lockdowns i got I mean, yeah, it was a bit before that. But I was kind of a bit down about the whole thing. I was tired and I'd sort of been through a bit of a tennis elbow thing, mm. which was just I'd been playing with terrible technique and actually looked at myself in the mirror and managed to sort that out very quickly. But I just sort of felt like I needed a break. And then a month into the lockdown, it's like, right, I've had my break now. What, what am I going to do? I want to I wanna play, you know, I want to... I wanna... And actually, I mean, from what you're saying, ironically, I was practising classical stuff for most of the lockdown. Right. But it is basic stuff that you know if you wanted to go to college playing classical double bass you would have had to have done before you got to college probably yeah at least you'd you'd do it there sorry Dittersdorf concerto oh no I haven't got there (laughs) yet honestly anytime I speak to a bass player it's (laughs) Seb's reference point (laughs) my wife is is a double bass player oh brilliant that's right she plays for auditions maybe next year maybe I'll get there one day it's been this Stork Raba book it was that for about six months okay but a brilliant guy Clive Brown, who I was having some lessons with, he sadly just passed away. He he got me onto this book that I just loved, and then kind of got bored of that and could, still couldn't do a lot of it. And and by recently, I've I've found myself trying to play um, Morris dancing tunes just for, to play wow. anything with the bow. You know, yes. like, yeah. Have you just, been dancing with her? Um, no. You can dance to that. <laughs> get those bells out. It's not. Or is it the Sox, stick Sox. ones? Yeah. Yeah. And the, the rams head thing. thing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Have you played Shepherd's Hay? 
Not yet. Oh, no. Uh, I'll teach that. It's on the grade four channel syllabus. Okay. So. Again, I'll get there one of these days. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Percy Granger? Percy Granger. I think, I think, like, yeah, if you, you that's like dance, dance music, kind of, isn't it? Or, yeah, or, yeah, you know, funky yeah. dance music, but maybe because, like, lots of dance music you get in classical music, you might mm. get a Tarantella or something, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And but if you're just playing the notes, you could there could actually be no life to it at yeah. all, totally. Yeah. And I think, yeah, thinking of it as a dance mm. thing can totally bring in a whole other, I think level. that's where people go wrong with Bach cello suites, actually, because they are obviously yeah. dance all dance yeah. movements, okay, yeah. right. and um, I think, yeah, I never thought and, um, of it like that. Amazing, it's such a useful yeah. way of yeah. thinking about it. And Great. I remember somebody said, Oh, we used to have Baroque lessons in. Uh, mm. Guildhall, and just them saying, you know, you've got to remember somebody's dancing to this. Yeah. <laughs> so first and that, foremost, yeah. rhythm, yeah. but also right. like where you put the where you're doing the lilt of the yeah. notes, mm. and like where you're right. putting the strength of the beat, and it, yeah. it helps so Great. much. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. Yeah. yeah, Don Giovanni, full of it. Yeah, full of all full of dance music because it's all like set at a party, basically. Yeah, a lot of it. All. Yeah, right. and he all does it. that crazy thing where he sets a three, four, a two, four, and a six, eight. All overlapping with each other. Yes. Uh, oh, yeah. so a wacky dude, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, amazing. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, that's where it all com- comes from, doesn't it? Yeah. Ramo. Yes, of course. Going back, all that early opera. Yeah. Well, actually, early opera and dance were, they were all in the same production. Mm. Like, if you go back to the sort of early sort of French opera, mm. like the the dance company and the and the opera company would all be in the same show mm. yeah. or they'd do uh, yeah. a little dance at the end of the opera or whatever you know? oh yeah because they often cut that out don't yeah. they what was yeah. the so Idomeneo there's a yes. ballet at the end oh, of wow. Idomeneo yeah, yeah. Wow. of course all that dance music yeah. that would be so long wouldn't it <laughs> oh my god <laughs> oh my god <laughs> if, you put, if you stuck the dance bit there wasn't telly in those days though was there I mean it's like, <laughs> 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 a full in evening's entertainment <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> and you're allowed to drink whilst you're in there presumably the and audience eat. at least yeah. Yeah. take your dinner yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey you've neatly segued for us there Oh. Talking about dance. Oh, yeah. You have now set out on a new and exciting well, path, well, haven't you? Well, I, yeah. I mean, I'm very fortunate to, um, yeah, to be doing some ballet, playing for ballet. Ah, oh, wonderful. Yeah. So, I mean, it's actually been something that's. I sort of, I met the head of music, the head, head of ballet music, a few years ago, um, and he got me in to just as a rehearsal pianist to the World Ballet to work on a Wayne McGregor new commission so that was my first taste of playing for dancers that was a piece by Esabeka Salonen so it was really interesting that because it was working with a choreographer on contemporary dance so it was my first taste of working with dancers and it was great really enjoyed it and then I sort of done a few little bits and bobs but just as a rehearsal pianist uh, which is only half the job for a ballet pianist because a ballet pianist also needs to be able to play for ballet class in the morning, which oh. is every day. Um, so the dancers do ballet class every morning um, uh, for their entire life, pretty much, yeah. um, until they retire. Um, and it's a really unique skill. Um, so uh, ballet class is usually about an hour and a half and there's a teacher who who takes the dancers through all these um 
exercises that does have a form. So they start off with a warm-up and then it's into plies and then they do a whole section at the bar and then they move into the centre. So there is a form which is fairly um, standard. But the exercises themselves are all vary from teacher to teacher and day to day. And the pianist basically has to respond to the to the exercise that the dance teacher has set and play oh, something. <laughs> well, just ev- anything. Literally, as long as it's the right speed and the, and the right metre and the right feel and all of that and the right rhythm. Wow. Um, wow. Then, then, yeah, they can play anything. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> it's, it's kind... It's really... It's the most incredible... I remember the first time I observed a ballet class and I just... I just couldn't believe... I just couldn't believe what was going on. Like, I literally, the pianist, you know, the pianist was there, like, 40 dancers in the room, whatever massive dance studio and the pianist no music or anything just like watching the teacher and the teacher will literally go and this and this right ready here we go and and the pianist would do give a four beat intro and then off they go it's like how how did that happen like how, how on earth did that all get together like that so quickly and there's maybe about i don't know 30 or 40 exercises like that during an hour and a half Wow. So, and, and the pianists won't be reading from anything? It's all, well, all in, in I head. mean, some pianists do, but a lot of them don't. It's just, easier if you've just got it in your head. It's you mu- just... Yeah, it's mu- because you also have to have your eye in the room all the time yeah. because yeah. The, the teacher might want you to be change speed slightly or they might want to do something funky at any point. They might want to, you know, it happened to me the other day, a teacher all of a sudden wanted to uh, speed up halfway through an exercise, just like that, you know, and so and what, I wasn't completely sure where, when it was going to happen. So I was just like eyes glued to the teacher, you know, to sort of try and go with them at the right moment. Yeah. Um, How on earth do you prepare for that then? Well, <laughs> well, that is a very good question. Because so I, I wasn't able to do any of this at all. So unlike Ollie, I'd never done any improvising or I'd never even memorised anything enough to play it off without any music. I mean, even yeah. that... For me, memorising a simple tune and playing it without any music was, I can't, I'm embarrassed how difficult that was. <laughs> I am so embarrassed how long it took me to be able to do that. But you got very good at it very quickly. And after a while, I there got... were new tunes coming every day. <laughs> you were learning like a few, a few <laughs> every day. Well, very exciting for you, Ollie. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, because he'd heard them all before. Like, by day four, oh, not this one again. But, uh, she, she was playing quite a lot of, of jazz standards, so occasionally I'd run and go, that, that chord oh, it's there. So annoying. I'm, I'm it's really so annoying. sorry to say this, but that, that, it's just, just, yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, thank you. Go away. Rob, my boss, first said, look, I think you really should, you know, we'd love to have you in more often. Um, really think you should you know try and try and you know play for class and the thought just completely filled me with horror and then actually this opportunity came up that the opera house is a trainee pianist trainee ballet pianist um and I did that for well for six months until last year's lockdown um yeah so I once I knew I had that and he was he was going to be basically I had a few months before he was going to be putting me into ballet class to play. I was like, right, I need to really get on with this. So, yeah, so it, it probably took me about six months to start building up a repertoire of tunes. Um, and, yeah, so now I play a mixture of jazz standards, um, operatic 
adage kind of things. Yeah. Like mashups of things that I like, do some awful things to Mozart sometimes. <laughs> and, um, and then, like yesterday, I was playing for class and the teacher, it just, she was, it felt, it was just very different the way she was doing everything. So I, I think I pretty much improvised for 50% of the class. Okay. I mean, it was terrible. Wow. It was not wow. good improvising, I have to Improvising say. In, a, in a classical style, is it? Um, ish. Yeah, yeah, with a small C. Uh, yeah, small. yeah. I, I, <laughs> it was not. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't exactly call it the most sophisticated music in the world. Did, did you ever have like a backup? Like I'll just keep hitting a C and like, <laughs> an E. Exactly. No, it's like right, C mate. We know where C major yeah. is. Right. Chopsticks. Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh my goodness! Yeah, <laughs> terrifying. But actually, like going back to what we were saying before, it's been such a rewarding experience because. Like, you know, as we were saying before, like, as a classical musician, often you just play what you, you've got to play. You know, you don't actually sit down. I've never really sat down and just played a tune that I really like, yeah. you know. And just go, oh, you know, I really mm. like music. I just really want to just play the piano, you know, like, and without any dots. Like, before I would have found that really difficult, actually. Yeah, which is terrible. Which is not that terrible? I think that's a really terrible thing to have been playing music all this time and yeah. no, not really be able to just sit down and play something. That's yeah, really freeing that you think, can do that, yeah. isn't it? Mm. You know, yeah. you, 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 there's a piano there. So, oh, play a tune. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Oh, I don't know anything. I need the yeah. music. Yeah. Well, yeah. that's awful, isn't it? It's an awful, yeah. and it's my completely. I mean, um, there's lots of great classical musicians out there who you can just play whatever and have got great ear training and the rest of it but actually learning to do this job has been just so rewarding from that point of view I've got much much better at playing by ear and yeah can improvise you something in C major as much as you like (laughs) Um, hey Ollie did you support Bob Dylan on tour is that a thing? Years ago, yeah. yeah. I mean, I say support. We were way down the bill. He had quite a few support. Oh, did acts, he? To be fair, <laughs> he did have quite a few support. We were on about about um, three in the afternoon, <laughs> and he was on at ten o'clock or something. And was it a one-off gig? Or was it no, we did a few. We we did um, we did the flower in where's that Finsbury Park, mm. and then we went. We did two gigs in Ireland, um, and one in Portugal. Oh, wow. Which is actually the one in Portugal. That was the best. It was the most amazing festival. I don't remember what it was called. We stayed in Porto, but it was like a two-hour drive, and it was just sort of like a very small Glastonbury, but just one stage. But, you know, a greenfield site down this dirt track road that these tour buses mm. were going in and out of. It was kind of crazy. And I think we were we were first on the bill, and then it was like Macy Gray was there, PJ Harvey and Bob Dylan. Great. Oh wow! So it was kind of amazing, um, yeah. but so everywhere we went, there was there were these two black sleeper buses, and one of them was Bob's, and one of them was the crew in the band, or I don't know, maybe maybe the band possibly shared his one. I don't think so though. Right. So he didn't fly. He was he'd gone by road to Portugal from oh, Ireland. Really? Probably did some other gigs on the way. I think it might have been a week later. Um, yeah, and you didn't see him anywhere. You saw his band. I chatted with his roadies and they, they were really nice yeah and one of them saying that saying oh yeah i've changed like tune his guitar every night change the strings every um 
every three gigs. He, he played half a tune on it three weeks ago. Uh. <laughs> so it's, it's been through all these oh my God. since then. Hasn't been touched. He's been, he was playing keyboards of, oh, right. at that point. Um, Who yeah. were you playing with at the time? I used to play with um, a singer-songwriter by the name of Polly Poulsma. I played right. with her for a few years. Oh, this is a long time ago. This oh, is, was it? Since 2006 or something like that. That's I don't not know. a long time ago, is it? Yeah, way back when. <laughs> what sort of stuff did she do? Um, kind of acoustic-y, singer-songwritery, sort of you know, acoustic rock. I guess you'd yeah. call it. Um, yeah. yeah, nice. Yeah, it was fun. If I had lots of money, yeah. This is sorry. Going back to the tour bus thing, um, I'd, I'd still go on the bus with all the crew and the band. Mm. Yeah. I wouldn't mm. want a whole bus myself. No, no, no. But he did live on it for like six months of the year. I think. Really? Right. I don't think he really went home. I think he was oh. just constantly on tour. Maybe yeah. still is for all Maybe. I know. I mean, still yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, I think he really liked that, yeah. liked that bus thing. Yeah. I've got to say, when I finally heard him, I was so disappointed. Oh, really? He, it sounded like and he got started getting referred to as Sideshow Bob because it, <laughs> it, yeah. his voice wasn't in the greatest form and it, it, you could only really recognise the songs by the chord sequences. <laughs> and then someone copied the Hendrix guitar solo, you know, it was like, is this a covers band or is that really Bob Dylan? Sorry to slide off somebody so okay. wonderful. I've never heard you Bob Dylan impression. That's <laughs> I think it's just it's just totally changed all the chords of everything, all the melodies, <laughs> the lyrics. Yeah, it was you sort of did wonder why he was still doing it. But I mean people said it was that thing where you saw him one time out of every five and it'd just be amazing, it would be incredible. Yeah. But yeah. I don't guess I saw that. You didn't that get that one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Is it four shows you did? It would have been the fifth one, but maybe. If maybe. You, maybe. Well, actually, I hadn't seen him up till that oh, point. Right, it was the last see. one because we were playing so early that we'd left. Yeah. The time. <laughs> <laughs> Is there someone that you um, have worked with who you've been particularly like starstruck and kind of? Well, I played with this saxophonist, Pharaoh Sanders, for for God, it's like the last ten years actually. Yeah. I mean, obviously, we haven't done anything for two years at the moment, but. Um, yeah, I mean, he's a proper legend of the jazz world. And the yeah. first time I did that was kind of kind of intimidating, but he's so lovely, so just oh. nice and mm. lovely, oh, sweet so guy great. that it was, it was mm. yeah. But again, we, we you know, no rehearsal, no. The piano player sort of talked me through the tunes. Mm. His tunes are very simple. Yeah. So it was okay to learn the tunes on the sound check. I, I checked out as many as I could before I got there. Yeah. But he sort of, well, we might play this or we might play that. And, and he still doesn't make a set list. He just like starts playing something or goes, oh, let's play this. And Oh, wow. Mm. So we, did, just, we had done some gigs. We did one which was televised, <laughs> this festival in, in Spain. And, and I watched it back. It's on YouTube. I watched it on, on you know, watched it afterwards. And you can see him turn around. It was a depth piano player. He'd played with us once before, but the normal piano player couldn't make that tour for some reason. And he calls a tune. The piano player goes, oh, is that a blues? It's like, no, no. It's a really hard tune. If you don't know it, you don't know it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we play something else then. This <laughs> is all like live on TV. <laughs> Brilliantly loose. But. I remember observing like one of your rehearsals at Ronnie's, which involved 
a cup of tea at the bar in Ronnie's. Like, <laughs> yeah. like two minute conversations. Like, oh God, I wish our rehearsals were like that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but maybe not even that. You know, it's discussing yeah. the first tune. Right, so, like, what are we going right. to play first? What we're yeah. going to play second? We'll work that out later. But. Yeah. Oh, God, Amazing. I really admire that. It's yeah. incredible, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, it's incredible. But he just doesn't want to stop. He'll play one tune for the entire gig if he can. The record we did was, we did one set that was, was it an hour and 50 minutes? And I think we played four tunes. Mm. <laughs> and, and, how keeps, many, and how many playing. much of that would have been bass solo? Because I've definitely seen you do a 10-minute bass solo. Probably, because really? I tried doing anything of a, what I consider to be a normal length. And he's like, well, you know... Keep going. Yeah, do something more for the time. I mean, just, actually, just the, the actual words he said were, well, you know, because if I go backstage, you know, I might need to go boo-boo. <laughs> <laughs> and then, who knows when I'll be back. <laughs> but when I come back, you build me a house to walk into. <laughs> I don't want to come in there and start building. I want to I walk in and open the door and there it is, you know. <laughs> don't care what kind of, I mean, you know, play a different tune, play anything, but just, you know. Build that start, house. Okay, start getting the idea that he just wants you to play. Just yeah. doesn't matter what it is, just fucking mm. play something. Yeah. You know? yeah. And you might just Long. walk off stage for a bit and then just make a grand entrance or something. Is yeah, it? no, yeah, we we did gigs where he disappears for 15 minutes. And, <laughs> but he does, you know, to his credit, he normally comes back in dancing, doesn't he? Oh, yeah, it's a yeah. good vibe. Oh, what it is? But we are like, there for a while, like, like is, yeah. he, is he going to come At the back? age of 70, whatever he is. <laughs> no, no, 80, he's, he's 80, 80 now. He's 80, yeah. When, yeah, when was that? He would be he's 70. 80 in um, yeah. last October. Was he 78 wow. last time? He's in Ronnie's. Yeah. But yeah, he just I just remember seeing him come back into the room dancing. It's like, yeah, all right. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. How's like the jazz scene at the moment? Like in, is it is it thriving? Is it um I mean, is there is there work to kind of keep people going? To, to, I don't know. The weird thing is that when you say the jazz scene, I mean there's a million scenes within London. There's really? there's a load of different scenes. And it, it's a shame that it's quite disparate. But like I was saying before, these people want to play this sort of thing in this way and they don't really mm. like this sort of thing and these people want to play like this and they kind of don't really want to play yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. And there are some people, I'm quite glad that I sometimes get to play with most people in London, really. Mm. You know, I'm, um, I'm, I feel quite privileged like that. But there are a load of different scenes and there's people of different ages and people making their own scenes, really, because it's a cottage industry, you know. Mm. Yeah. There's people mm. like those Kansas Smitty guys who yeah. set up their own club, you know, yeah. and have been doing really well. But, you know, they work really hard to yeah. make, they've created a scene there mm. out of nothing. I mean, that wouldn't right. exist without them. It's brilliant. And there's, there's always been things like that. You know, and it might just be an upstairs room in a pub on a Monday night, you know, but that can be one of the best gigs in London. Mm. It's not yeah. a gig that you're going to make a living out of doing. But mm. if you do a few more commercial gigs and get lucky with some other things and, and a bit of teaching and whatever, you know, mm. yeah. then those can yeah. be the most fun things to do. But those are literally scenes created by usually younger musicians who have the energy and time to do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And that's important. But, I mean, I think... People are getting by. Thing is, it's not a music that's ever really been commercial. No. So it will always survive. It's never mm. been, you know, you never went into it to try and make any money. Yeah. yeah. But people do it because they want to do it and they love doing mm. it. And hopefully somebody wants to listen. You know, there's this whole idea of being a successful musician. And the way that I consider it, and, and most jazz musicians do, if you've basically played some music that you want to play, not all the time necessarily, but some of the time mm. you've played stuff that you believe in and you've managed to keep doing that, 
for your whole life, then you're a successful musician. Yeah. And if some people have heard it, great. And if they mm. haven't, whatever, you know, but you mm. played it anyway. Hey. Hey. Oh, thanks, guys. They were so thanks great. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Really interesting people and delightful hosts as well. Yeah, and uh, it was interesting talking about dance music, thinking yeah. of music as dance. I yeah. did some adjudicating this week, which i have never done before. Oh, wow. It was for a Young Musician of the Year competition. No way. It was really great fun. It was, uh, you know, doing something totally different. Yeah, whereabouts was that? It was at the Bedford School. Oh, great. Yeah. It was good. And what I found myself saying quite a lot is to try and think of music as a dance ah. and I think it's probably having chatted to these guys yeah and you know thinking of your your pianist as your kind of dance partner almost oh nice not, not just as an accompanist yeah but to try and find the the movement and the and the sort of general flow and bounce and all that that's as, very as good dance, wise which words. I think is a good thing to think about isn't yeah. it but but well, I, I don't know if it was entirely appropriate for the song. I was, I was, uh, it was a Gregorian chant, but never mind. It's yeah, fine. No, no. <laughs> oh, that's great. And did you hear some very talented young musicians there? I did, yeah. There, oh. there was only five brass players for me to listen to, actually. Yeah. But, um, but it was good. Did you pick I, a it winner? It was harder for the... Um, I did pick a winner, yeah. Mm-hmm. They, they did it all in bubbles by year group, so there was quite a lot to listen through. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there was lots of other prizes like best in that class, best in best show, in class, and then best in show, <laughs> loveliest, wettest nose, and then uh, and then the top three of the whole lot. The, the person adjudicating the piano, they yeah. had so many to listen to, and then there, there were loads of singers as well. So yeah. there was someone doing that. They were writing all day, scribbling. So I've got um, tennis wrist by the end. <laughs> yeah, that's a phrase. Tennis wrist. But, um, <laughs> that's a nightmare. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it was good. It was really nice. To, oh, that's uh, cool. I think I'd really like to. Do, I love. Um, I love sitting on panels. It's really fun. Have you done it? Yeah, I sat on the audition panel for South Bank one year, and um, oh yeah, it was. I really enjoyed it. It was really interesting, and I tell you what, it made me feel a darn sight better about going into auditions in future because I realised that I'm not the only person in the world who feels absolutely para- uh, paralysed with nerves when yeah. you go in. It's, it's so <clears throat> interesting. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. really interesting. And I, I sort of tried to make a point of not looking really strict and like I'm staring at them with my pen ready yeah. just before they start to play. <laughs> Did you go for it's the Robert that, Peston? It's hard with the mask, though. Yeah, the Robert Peston Wait, what, sort of loose. What does he back, do? He leans panel. back in his chair, you know. Does he? Yeah, I'm trying to, you can't really see that, but I was trying to lean right back, yeah. Loosh. Did you do yeah, that one? Somewhere I, I did in between. That, yeah. Well, I requested a chaise longue. <laughs> Good. Longe. Yeah. And a smoking jacket. <laughs> yeah, and a small cat. <laughs> Evil genius. Great. Mm. Oh, that's well, that exciting. Have you, have you done anything fun, different this week? I've done a little bit more of the same, to be honest. I've been, um, I've cranked up the old cello this week, which has been nice. Yeah, and... how's that going? Yes, yeah, good. You've been enjoying the cello playing? Yeah, I have been enjoying it. It's been good. I, yeah. I feel like I'm back in the swing of things a bit now, which is nice. Oh, but I, I'm slightly fearful of when this stops and then 
you know, it'll be like tumbleweed again. But that's okay. That's yeah. okay. Live for the moment, right? Yeah. And yeah. the show's going well? Yeah, it's good. It's very nice. Did you get got some, some good nice uh, reviews. reviews? Yes, I've got some four stars, you know. Hey, did your name get mentioned in The Guardian? Oh, it's funny you should ask me that. Yes, it did. <laughs> wow, well done. I tell you what, life in, goals, right? In a good right? way or bad way? It was kind of a neutral way, which is, it certainly wasn't bad, which Excellent. is great. It was just very neutral. <laughs> but I'll take that. Like a mention in that is better than no mention, right? That's okay. Yeah. yeah. How about so. you? Have you been, you've been playing this week, haven't you? Um, I've, oh, is it is next week? I have, to, you, I have to check my diary because I've, I, my mind is blank. I don't think I've been playing that aren't much. Are you doing I've, a show I've got next some stuff week? this weekend. I thought so, yeah. So are you doing a Hoosiers got, gig? Is you know that what right? I'm doing? Next week I'm doing a Hoosiers yes. gig, yeah. Cool. Th- this week, if you're listening, as you are listening, <laughs> on the 4th of June, I'm doing a gig with the Hoosiers at the Clapham Grand. God, that's exciting. But actually, this weekend, which will have just gone, mm. which is actually tomorrow, as we're recording this on Friday the 28th of May. Oh, my mind I'm is blown. I'm playing at the Royal Albert Hall for um, Albert's Band. That's and cool. It's like a it's a children's concert. There's two of them, but I found out it's the first concert of 2021 in the Royal Albert Hall. No, that's yeah. great. It's oh. really cool. Yeah, so it really exciting. is. I, I was like, oh, I need to go and practice. <laughs> we're playing some fun stuff. Wizard of Oz. Uh, oh, we're amazing. playing some Disney. Yeah. All kinds of all brilliant. kinds of fun stuff, yeah. Oh, yeah! I can't wait though to play in that room. Oh God, it's just going to be brilliant. I think yeah. it just feels so enlivening, doesn't it? To have a, to have an audience and like, yeah, you know, get a it's bit. It's going to be good. Like, there's a, there's a kids and it's going to be loud. It's going to be very yes. Fun. Oh, enjoy that. Yeah. That's really exciting. But it is, um, it's kind of picking up, isn't it? Generally, just just things like if it's even if it's just social yeah. things or yeah, we've got a Phil Pot Christmas dinner this Have weekend. Have you? Have yeah. you indeed? That's exciting. What's that going to entail then? Apart from the trad roast, right? Well, I'm bringing the cheese. Good. Um, my mother is cooking chickens. I think plural. Uh, well, I think maybe you'd oh. hope a couple of chickens between. <laughs> I think there's about twelve of us. Oh, going. fair enough. So yeah, uh, and I, yeah, just all the all the trimmings and that. Oh, you know, crackers, Christmas crackers. Oh, you'd hope so. Yeah, 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 so. yeah. Good. So, so it's that sort of stuff, and then yeah, just got some, uh, <laughs> got some, got a dentist next week. Oh, I've got flip! I have sorting out my it. teeth finally. Are you? What are you going to get yeah. a brace? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a head brace no. a full head brace that's right yeah yeah okay uh, no i'm getting i'm getting a blooming implant done are you yeah i mean it's, that's it's, good it's, i just gotta get it done yeah your teeth as a trumpet player your teeth are your bread and butter yeah will that feel weird when you have that sort put of. in though and then playing um i, I don't know Oh, I don't know. I've been putting it. No, I think it'd be right because yeah. it's on the it's in the molars. <laughs> but um, but I've been putting it off for years. Yeah, I just need to. Oh, well need to done, get it then. Done. Yeah, that's very productive thing to do. Mm. <laughs> that's what I'm. I'm getting that done. That's sort of long long term general dental news. <laughs> I'm glad we've got that. I feel like it's been a while since we've had any dental news, and we used to be so hot well, on that. It. We talked we about used to be it good on, on it. Um, 
with Jesse we, Grimes. Yeah, we did. We? And then I'm sure we chatted about it the week after as well. Yeah. For a while, yeah, we went so. through our dental phase, just, didn't we? <laughs> I was just worried that people were thinking, what, what, did, what did you do with his teeth? I think people are worried. Them? You know, the well, emails okay, are flowing if you want, in. If you want more news, Go on. the other side, I'm, I might be getting a re-root canal. What, what? But I have to go... Well, I had a root canal done a few few uh, years ago, mm. but this it's anyway. I might have to get another one done or something. I'm not sure. I've got to go for a CT scan on it. Oh my god! <sighs> Flipping out! It's, it's just... a lot of dental news to take in. Yeah, I know. Oh, also, go on. I've got to wear a, a night guard. Okay. Oh, because I'm just so damn sexy and relevant. <laughs> I've got to wear a night guard on my lower <laughs> teeth. Oh my god! Is that so? You don't grind them away? Yeah, I should have done that, shouldn't I? I got. I lost it. Yeah, I lost it. I've lost a bit of teeth. So is that what you're trying to say? Yeah, I learned yeah. to the teeth. Yeah. Yes, well, uh, yeah, lost all my teeth. I don't want to be talking like this when uh, I'm trying to play a trumpet. I don't look like no, no teeth. I lost them all when I was in my mid thirties. I think and, you um, do want to be talking like that. I can I do, see it. I do. <laughs> I do want to talk like this. It's, this would be great, but this is podcast I, I, I number. I want a trumpet career. This is podcast number five thousand five hundred and fifty-six. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't really remember what it's like to be a musician. Well, I just do this. We do one a week, and we've talked to everyone we can think of. <laughs> this week and, we're um, going to be talking to some house plants. <laughs> well, look. Should we? It's um, fun. It's fun, isn't it? We're getting our teeth done. Yeah, it's fun. Teeth done. I should get my teeth done. I think they're beyond help. No, your teeth are good. Well, I don't know. They're... I feel a bit like Celine Dion pre pre teeth straightening. Oh, did you ever? T- t- oh my god! Work? Google her. Google her. Her teeth. Put Celine Dion teeth old days or something like that. They are badass. They're like this. Are they? Yeah. Anyway. Um, wow. So I'm going down to Devon. No, actually, when yeah, this yeah, is yeah, out, yeah. I'm going to be in Devon. In the sunshine, apparently. Oh, God. Yeah. So good. In a it's little nice thatched sunny, house. nice and sunny, isn't it? Yeah. Thatched house. What yeah. is it? Just you and, the, you and the family, is it? Me and the family and some friends. We're going to have, Ooh. yeah, yeah. It looks so nice. I hope it is. Anyway, I'm a bit worried because I'm going to be driving by myself late at night on Saturday to go and catch up with the others. And, um, and basically, it's literally in the middle of nowhere. And I've just got terrible fear about running out of petrol in the middle of the moors with no phone signal. It's absolutely haunting me. Mm. I know that there's simple ways around this. Charge your phone, get petrol. But it still, <laughs> still worries me that I'm going to be up a tour at about two o'clock in the morning. Absolutely oh terrified. Take a blanket. Yeah, flashlight. Water, oh, flashlight. and some Kendall mint cake. That's what yeah, you need, yeah. isn't it? But I mean, hopefully... I'll see you all, hear you all next week. You'll hear me. I don't know. <laughs> well, that sounds great. Yeah. Thanks for listening, everyone. Yeah, thanks. If you made it this far. Yeah. Thanks a lot. And go and chat to... <laughs> that's not the word I meant to go say. Go and chat to. <laughs> go and chat to someone. Okay. That's good. It's Start healthy. It's healthy, yeah. 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 Go and, uh, go and share the episode somewhere, please. Tell a friend. That's right. Write a review on iTunes. Oh, do you know, I love seeing new reviews on iTunes. I saw one a few weeks ago and it really made me happy. Go on, do do one of those, would you? Please do. And if you want to email in to the show, you can at hello at threeinabar.com. Oh, that was nice. That was always a jingle. (laughs) Threeinabar.com. Yes, it is. Threeinabar.com. That's it. It is. That is it. (laughs) That's the end of the show. 
See you next week for another one. Bye. Bye. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.